It is Saturday the 2nd of September 2023 and this is the Future of Photography. The Future of Photography Hey everybody, well not hey, well, hey everybody listening, but not hey everybody in the call because there's only two of us today. Hey Jeremiah, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, hello Chris, wherever you are. And um, yeah, it's two of us today. We're going to have a fun discussion about printers. Yeah, yeah, Chris can't be with us. Uh, he is on tour now. Uh, he is uh, t- He's driving, he's doing a photo tour, but he's doing a photo tour by... EV by electric vehicle and he's driving for his home in well for the purposes of this conversation the middle of Germany um, and uh, he's driving all sorts of, through all sorts of uh, countries in Eastern Europe on a photo tour Transylvania yeah that yeah there too yeah and uh, I think he's, do, he's doing it both ways so he's got some people he's touring down south and east of him with and then he's got other people that he's touring back with so that are meeting him out there so so Chris will be gone for a few weeks but uh, we'll keep it we'll keep the home Burn fires home. burning as they That's say it. And uh, and I need your help, mate. I do, but I have. I, I'm I'm a little bit wary of this conversation because I know that you know an awful lot about this, which is why I need your help, and I'm asking for your advice. But I, I also need to uh, to to keep an eye on uh, me not going nuts and getting too horribly excited because actually I'm asking for a friend uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, actually, I say friend. I'm asking for for my beloved wife Emma, um, who is considering buying a new printer. Uh, so she needs something that she can use in her craft to, to make products for her craft store. So li- link in the show notes, folks, if anybody's thinking about Christmas presents and stuff like that. I know it's only September and some of us don't like to think about that yet, but the click up uh, click the link in the show notes and head to Emma's store and buy some f- presents for your your family and friends. Anyway, enough of the advertising. You know the the first thing anyone is going to ask when you're looking for a printer is what do you need the printer for? It's very specifically, uh, like not, well, I want to print some stuff. <laughs> yes, very specifically. No, it's, it's not that. If you're looking for uh, a home office printer that does one thing well, that is a monochrome printer, that is reliable, easy to use, easy to hook up, wireless, and relatively inexpensive in terms of inks, I have found through just process of elimination and uh, needless expense (laughs) over the years (laughs) that Brother seems to be, for me, the most reliable printer that I've ever had. Ah, Absolutely. Now, having said that, uh, my trusty Brother printer is right down below this desk that I'm leaning on, but I use it almost exclusively. To print documentation. Yeah. Um, and it's a monochrome printer, only prints black and white, or it only print, prints black. Yeah, I was going to say, it's white. got a white ink in it, has it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it is sharp, clean, fabulous, rarely, if ever, jams, and uh, I adore it. Would I print a, a photograph on it for display? Um in-house or not? No, I would not. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not designed for that. Uh, so there's the photo printer. Mm-hmm. So the next question is, is this printing photos for 
home use, family, etc. How big do you need the prince or do you see the prince being? Um, what are your um, kind of parameters in terms of paper and ink, in terms of what it can take? And, you know, that discussion is like, will it accept a roll uh, of yes. a larger yep. printer uh-huh. yep. or not? Um, and will it drive you to the poorhouse in terms of ink? <laughs> then there's the what we would call the professional printers, which use a higher grade of inks, tend to be more archival. The uh, platen um, uh, adjustments are designed for thicker or thinner papers. And of course, you can print um, rolls on most of these. Um, and that generally comes down to a personal choice between Canon and Epson. Uh, they are both excellent printers. They make, I'm talking about on the professional level, yep. they make great prints, uh, are, have, both have their own um, print applications like layout applications which are directly correlated to the printer um they are very simple to adjust icc profiles which is for those who don't know the the relationship between the paper the printer and the ink um and adjusting that for maximum quality or or gamma um or speed just depending on what the output is designed for. Um, and that comes down to, you know, what do you like better? Um, you know, uh, you know, shall we go out for Indian or Chinese? <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they're both very satisfying and um, I don't see very noticeable uh, changes. In fact, I did a workshop at the LA Center of Photography, of which I am a member. Um, and they have an excellent Eric Joseph, who is a phenomenal um, educator in terms of printing. Uh, and uh, you could kind of visit, uh, I think it's Freestyle, which is this shop that has all manner of, of very interesting print and photo supplies, uh, often uh, very experimental um, if you're doing, you know, cobalt printing platinum right. of course <laughs> you know those kinds yeah, of yeah. very very interesting things but they do tend to have a lot of stuff he gives a workshop there uh i took one to understand how to use the huge printers or what the difference is between using a desk uh, a desk size printers uh and a massive you know freestanding printer right yeah, yeah. Uh, he also posts videos Eric Joseph does. So, oh, okay. Yeah, you can find him on YouTube, and and his um, his kind of lectures. Uh, it was a very very small group, four or five of us, where he took us through all the different parameter parameters of printing large format pictures. Ah, that sounds like um, an awesome, that sounds like an awesome thing to be in, to be able to go and do and to learn from uh, somebody like that. It, it was just fantastic. Also, he has, you know, the viewing, you you know, the right light so you can really examine yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. the balance of color. And he's very – and as a uh, – something that they do at Freestyle is if you're um, kind of in love with a certain paper ink combo, 
Um, he will, uh, I think they charge $99, you know. Right, okay. We'll build you personal ICC profiles oh, okay. mm-hmm. uh, that have to do with your screen, your printer, your inks, your paper. Uh, and they're very, very specifically done. Um, and, you know, you balance everything to uh, to the monitor because each monitor is going to be very, very different. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll send you a, a sheet, basically a color sheet, which you – print with without and without going into massive amounts of detail, they will construct an ICC profile, which you throw into your library. And they are absolutely pitch perfect in terms of color matching and whatnot. And all you have to do is just, you know, scroll down to it in your uh, printer layout mode and you get a perfect print. So going back to the original question, (laughs) I ask you, what does your wife want to print well that's a absolutely good good i'm glad to so so first of all thank you for the 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 sort of brief helicopter level primer of how all these things work because that's really useful um the a lot of it is going to be graphic design type stuff so uh the the shop that she runs the the uh, the craft shop that she runs is it, it it, it's called Lift Me Up Craft, and the the idea behind it, and I've probably spoken about this yeah. before in a podcast, is sure. that they are pro- products that you can buy as gifts that are customizable. They are yeah, they're fun. They're designed to make you feel good. Um, so that that could be you know glasses with stickers on. It could be you know um, prints and paintings. It could be all sorts of stuff, uh, signage, that kind of thing. Where this printer is going to come in is in part, it's going to be uh, printing. Think, you know graphic design type works on card and that could be as small as a business card or, or something a bit bigger than the business card she's doing um for for one of our extended family members at the moment she's making scratch cards you know like lotto scratch cards they're just so much fun and they're bespoke to um uh, my sister-in-law who has her own massage business um, and you know you can scratch the the card has got the branding on for the business and you could scratch off the the, the thing and, and win a, a prize of some sort yeah so so those, those have to be printed um and and cut and things like that um often the things often it'll be a two-step process because the the cutting of such things be they finals or card or whatever is done on a on a thing called a cricket which looks like an inkjet printer but has a knife instead of an ink head uh, and so you and it runs in the same way you have the software on your computer and you load your designs into it and you say i'd like to print this design please i'd like to cut this design and you feed the the right materials into the printer but it has a a, a sharp blade uh as as the head rather than an ink head um, and it will cut your vinyl so if you ever wonder how things yeah how people make your know, vinyl stickers that are cut to say a, a word or to a particular shape or something this is low volume stuff obviously not industrial scale but it's <laughs> so that- if, if if you're in the doily making business this is what you really want ah gosh yes possibly yes um yeah this yeah but it's there's all sorts of things you can cut with these things but in terms of the printer we need uh, a, a good quality color printer something that will reasonably faithfully re- reproduce colors it, it, it may not be 
a fully colour managed workflow given the tools that Emma has to use. Um, however, it'd be great. It, we would like it to be accurate or highly likely to be using an ICC profile to make sure that we get you know, a, a pretty accurate outcome. I mean, some of the people that should do this sort of stuff for might have particular Pantones as their colours and she'd want to be able to print something matches the other stuff that, that, that they have for their businesses. So it has to be able to be colour accurate. It has to be able to do fairly low volume stuff on a variety of media so it you know uh, full color and black and white um it could be up to thick card so so it, it's unlikely to be rolls i don't think we need a printer that no. can can be fed from a roll but definitely lots of different media um it doesn't have to be archival so uh, we'll we'll talk about a specific printer in a minute, which is a candidate printer, um, which is has I think six inks, five of which are dye based inks, and therefore not really considered archival. One which is a pigment based ink, which would be considered archival. Um, so, but but something that lasts, you know, twenty thirty years or whatever, you know, it, minutes. It, it, well, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> Here, here, here's initially what I'm thinking is because she's printing on a variety of mediums, like for example, my uh, my printer, my Epson here has a slide out tray where you can feed a yeah. card in through the back. It come, it doesn't roll around. It's straight through the printer. A head. straight through flow. Yeah, I, I don't print on that material, but it's there. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never used it, but it's there. So I don't think you could get anything but a professional printer, given that choice of different materials are necessary. That's so, a good point. So, so straight through is, 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 could be necessary. Yes. Okay. Yeah, hmm. because if you have very, very thick paper or, you know, worse, a card, you can't just kind of stick it in the... Uh, you know, back of the printer and expect it to roll through. It won't. I mean, 308 grams is probably as thick a dense paper as would go through a roller. Again, I'm no oh, that, that might well on. be in 300 grams. Yeah, might well be enough. But that's a really good point. Thank yeah, you. It, I will we'll definitely make sure to check that. Yeah, that's very, very important in selecting a, a printer. Generally, when you have printers that can accept a variety of mediums, your ink demands there will be more on the pigment ink anyway. And then the matching color is really a question of your software rather than the print itself, yes. printer itself, unless you're just working with the old four color stuff. Uh, you know, matching CMYK or those kinds of things that you'll need to do. That's easy between, I get Photoshop does it. I'm sure Luminar does it. I'm sure, you know, converting or using a color space that is specific for CMYK rather than RGB. If you're going to Absolutely, a yes. print shop, then you can get very, very accurate stuff. Um, so there's that. So you need a printer that will um, combine forces with uh, software. Mm -hmm. uh, to determine the specifics of what it is, what project, uh, she's working on at any one time, right? So sometimes it'll just be straight up cards, uh, maybe a 200 gram card that she'll score and and fold. Uh, that sometimes, yeah, sometimes or cut on the on the cutting printer. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And and other times she'll want like a label, 
uh, sticky label, maybe. Uh, yeah, we, um, yes, yes, stickers printed, yes. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, if it was me, I would go again for an Epson or a Canon um, on the professional end. Doesn't sound like she needs a big printer, though. No, we'd be it would be up to I think um, an A3 or, or is the American equivalent 13 by 17 or something like that. I can't remember what the American size is. That's roughly A3. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not not seventeen twenty two. It's eleven nineteen or or yeah, something even like something that. like that. Yeah. So that's good because the profile of the printer is not overwhelming and it's not massively heavy. Mm. You know, it, it, it's something which is you know where you're going to put the printer. Is there is that a as a consideration. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you know, it's not as easy as just going. Oh, I like that. Uh, it, you know, you could you could buy a perfectly good printer that just does 75 percent of what you want and then you end up with like i want another printer and and i'm at the point where i mean personally i'm also thinking of getting another printer are you oh okay well i have an old this is a sidebar but just to just to explain the specificity of my own kind of needs let's bring it all around to me (laughs) of course (laughs) it's all about me um (laughs) Uh, I have an old 3800 workhorse. Uh, it's it's a fantastic printer. It's served. I bought it new. It's got a. It's on its last legs. I think cartridges don't fit that well. I, I've converted it for piezo inks, which are archival black and white inks, handmade in in uh, uh, in, in Vermont. Uh, there's a, a similar set of inks that I know. Uh, Chris loves Farbenwerk uh, in Germany, and they'll mm-hmm. ship anywhere. That I don't think need a full, a full conversion, software conversion of the printer. But I'm worried that I order some of these high-end archival inks, which could be up to six hundred bucks or five hundred bucks okay, for a yep. full set. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Of not, yeah, a lot of money, and then the printer just is not working right. Uh, I <laughs> so that would be a bad thing because I can't return these, obviously. Yeah. Um. So I'm at the edge of going. Maybe uh, the printer that I have, which is a uh, Epson. A sure color P800, which has been great. Printing color, there's a new 900, which is convertible. I may just get a 900, convert it to black and white, and use my other one for color. And Interesting. So, so again, two different printers, two different sets of inks, two different outputs. And I'm pretty... Um, limited in the kinds of papers. I tend to to print matte rather than glossy. Right. Cons- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but lately I've been experimenting with printing glossy on different kinds of papers, which is a whole other show, papers. Um, and something that Eric Joseph talks a lot about in the yeah. printing discourse. Mm-hmm. Um I would say that that the 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 choice of a printer is really hinges on finally and I I hate to say this but a more expensive printer is tends to be a better printer that that generally there's yeah. 
A so, cheap printer is a cheap printer. So, so that, that yeah. That, let, well, let's talk about the cost of these things then, because yeah, clearly, yeah, there there is a, a whole class of printer which is where the 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 purchase cost of the the machinery is heavily subsidized by the manufacturer because the profit razor for, razor blades yeah for the, yeah for the ink yes it is yes um uh actually interesting enough i was watching because i've been doing a little bit of research myself i was watching a, a, a video of a couple of a printer review video on youtube the other day and the guy would seem very knowledgeable and he said a lot of people call that the the gillette model yeah as you said razor blades right so you buy the razor for very cheap and then they charge you he said actually that it kind of predates Gillette. Gillette made it famous, but the people that invented it were Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes right back round to photography, ah, I'm afraid. Right back round to photography. And the idea is Kodak sold things like the box brownie, yeah, which they were trying to use to bring photography to the masses. But the way one of the ways they did that was through the pricing mechanisms. So mm. and it's interesting that although Chris isn't here, yeah, you know, he was saying yeah, in our in our Discord chat, he wished he could be here and um, he said, uh, "He said last thing I heard about printers from three independent sources is uh, get one from Brother, which is interesting because you mentioned Brother as mm-hmm. a brand as well. Uh, but Chris says every other manufacturer is not selling you a printer, but a business model. Yeah, so, that's true. Absolutely, which, it basically matches what I what I've said. Yeah, it words. does. So we have a a, a little A four size Epson photo printer which takes six ink cartridges, and they're really really expensive." Um, the one of the what we're looking at actually is that Epson now do these ones they call Eco Tank, mm. um, which is where uh, you uh, you basically fill the tank. You buy ink in a bottle, uh, and you fill the tank, and they are much much cheaper uh, for the inks. However, you do pay a full economic cost for the printer. So instead of the printer being, you know, £150, the printer is £700, right? Uh, but then over, over life, you'll make more, you know, a lot of that money back by, by the ink or more more money back by uh, by the inks being a lot cheaper. So Of course, of course, that one of the kind of back pocket things like, oh, we'll get the eco tanks and then get third-party inks to run it, which are really inexpensive. Ah, uh, the companies have already started to circumvent that and make it very difficult to use based on their chipsets on the on the inks using third party inks. Yeah, now well, it's harder and harder. Having said that, so so um, having looked a bit of the pricing on this, actually, uh, just for Epson ones, the the Epson yeah you know, OEM inks right are only about in this country. I think it was about eleven to fourteen pound per bottle. And that's for seventy milliliters, so or something like that. So, so actually, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to save a lot of money if it's only eleven pound a bottle. You'd be hard pressed to save a lot of money. It's not like the cartridges which have got twenty five mil of ink in them that you buy for the consumer grade ones, which are like twenty five pound. And you're paying yeah. a pound or a dollar or a euro per milliliter. You know, at that point, which is just insane. But you know. Um, uh, but it, but the eco tank one is is definitely one that, that we're looking at, yeah, because it it should be cheaper through life for the volume of prints that that would be put through the printer. So and and uh, that that might be a way of of managing the cost and maybe not buying into the business model, right? So actually happy to pay the full price of the of the yeah the hardware up front, you know, because. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I know everybody expects printers to cost a hundred pounds or a hundred dollars, but that's not really the full economic cost of that device. <laughs> oh no, no, no! But printing at high quality is expensive, yes. uh, relatively. Just, it just uh, is, isn't it? It just is. It just is. A, a because you know the first one out of the box, well, may not be right. It takes a while to kind of rebalance, get used to the difference between a projected image off your screen and a reflected image off paper. The kind of paper that you're using, that could be expensive or not. Um, so proofing is one way, you know, fine, you know, if you're printing for a gallery or a museum, uh, they have different requirements, and it's very specific in terms of acid-free and archival inks. You know, you're not going to be able to, quote, sell work. Whether, But if you're printing Christmas cards, for example, they only have to last a couple of months. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know? And, um, you know, of course, most of these inks will not fade quickly anyway they're very very good generally. from the research that i've done even yeah a good, good quality dye-based inks will you know are much better than they were say 10 20 years ago much better quality yeah. and much longer lasting so so you know people are talking about you know prints that will last to tens of years not archival sure. so not not hundreds of years and of course if you put it in direct sunlight day in day out it probably won't last 20 years but you know but generally speaking, they seem to the the research I've done suggests that these are quite good quality these days. Would, would you? What's your view on that? Do you do you use any dye based inks, or are you using only archival pigment based? I only use archival. Okay. I only use archival inks. Uh, you know, my my because my prints are fine art prints. Yeah, that's the only reason. If I'm just printing a document, I use my brother, and I you know, I'll just put in kind of the best paper that I can feed in, uh, you know, sort of a medium quality, you know, recycled white paper. And frankly, I don't print um, nearly as much as I used to, because uh, if I have a do uh, documents that I really need to keep, I'll, you know, keep them in a file on my computer or I'll just slam them into my iPad you know yep. what I mean, and mm -hmm. and read them or 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 deal with them on my iPad. Um, yeah, I use my iPad yeah. a lot for signing things these days. Very yeah, rarely do you do I use a wet yeah. signature these days. I know. So so there is that consideration. Um, you know, I think you're probably looking at. I mean, from this country, a, a, a beautiful. 1722 high end printer generally is going to be about $1,200, $1,300 plus inks. You know, I yeah, assume it's about the same uh, in the UK. Um, uh, yeah, I suspect so. To be honest, I haven't looked at printers that are that size. So the one that we're right, doing so it'll be yeah. seven hundred, yeah. six hundred, something like that. Yeah, and for and for reference, listeners, uh, there, there's a link in the show notes to the printer under consideration, which is the Epson Eco Tank. 8550 so it is the the which is a a current model it's a you could call it a high-end consumer model or something like that if you like um uh, uh it takes six cartridges and uh so it's got two blacks one of which is a pigment-based black the other is a dye-based black and then it has four color cartridges i think that's what it's got anyway and the, the it seems to retail for around 700 pounds here in the uk yeah, you know, at, at the moment so 
And it'll print glossy uh, again with with your um, one of the inks, and it will print matte with the uh, other black. That, that's I think how they. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah, I believe it has a. Uh, it mixes those two blacks for whatever is the yeah partly the medium, partly the. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I want to say it's no. It's one or the other. It's I think one or the other. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one one is for you know glossy photo prints, and right. the other one is for matte okay. uh, printing on more absorbent paper. Okay. Yeah. You know, so one is sitting on the surface, and one is absorbed into the paper, more yeah. or less. Right. Okay. I mean, there's combinations there, but um, you know, uh, speaking of future of photography, um, you know, what would be the ideal printer and printer size? and printer inks that we could see coming. Because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there have, like I said, I've been using my 3800 printer. Oh, it's been years and years and years, probably over a decade or more. And it's just extraordinarily um, fabulous quality with the right inks. Um, I, 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 I look at the development of chipsets, cameras, mobile, software, all these advances that we have have seen. And, you know, this week I started to get familiar, thanks to you, with Luminar. And, all right. Uh, okay, cool. Really pretty good. I'm it, very yeah, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. The, the workflow yeah. in it is a bit different from the Adobe workflow. It took me ages to figure out how to edit the changes I'd made yeah, and stuff like that. Different. But the, it does some things that are very, very interesting. It does. You know, yeah. and there's Pixelmator or Photomator yeah. also does different things, uh, both on a Mac version, on the web, I mean, or desktop and mobile. But so all these advances uh, in photo-related things haven't really trickled down to printers. Like I have not seen something that is astonishingly new. Like when you get a camera that shoots seven megapixels and then two years later, 50 megapixels, (laughs) there's a noticeable difference. Um, You know, lens design has been really, really sharpened because we we can get incredible pictures off our iPhone. So software uh, lens combinations have been fantastic. But when I look at print heads and what is expected, you know, maybe it's because, you know, we're printing at 300 DPI and anything more than that is, they say, not really visible. You know, screen resolution at 72, printing at 300 has really changed that much. So the needs based on our eyes haven't really demanded, you know, like here's an automatic 1000 DPI printer that, you know, just comes out in five seconds and is absolutely archival and automatically senses the paper. And that's a a really good question, actually. I don't. So uh, is it perhaps because printing as a as a technology, or at least the technology for printing is actually a mature technology already? So so one of the reasons we've seen such a pace of change in the world of digital photography is it was a very new thing and there was a lot of ground to make up. I'm sure I've told this story before, but a friend of mine who's a recording engineer, an audio engineer, 
you know, I remember talking to him 20 years ago and saying, you know, what's this thing called Pro Tools? You know, why, why don't people just, and why don't people just use all digital instrumentation these days? He said, it just doesn't sound as good as the, you know, because people have been building musical instruments for hundreds of years, right? And people yeah, have been building, let's say, you know, a, a classic Neve sound desk, you know, an analog sound desk for 50 years or 60 years or 70 years, you know, and, and that's a very mature technology and it sounds amazing. Digital's just not there yet. Now, what? for me, digital photography, even in just the last five years, has definitely reached a, a, a maturity point. But printing is quite a mature technical thing already, isn't it? Well, yes. I mean, I started as a lithographer printing from stone and and you know basically what is it ink on one part of the you know analog and paper on the other and you get them push them together <laughs> you get the ink <laughs> yeah. on the paper or in the paper i mean it's you know etching is the same thing uh, gravure and and uh, lithography and then offset uh you know all of these things are a variation of just figuring out a way to lay ink on paper which is effectively an analog experience right i yep. mean that's mm -hmm. really what it is and that's a, that's the majesty of a beautiful print it's analog it reflects light you can hold it in your hand it's an object it's not an a, just an experience of an of, of an image on screen but it's an actual object you you hold which has a different experiential energy for those looking at it i mean it's it you know the difference between seeing a gursky you know on a wall huge mm. and uh, one on your iphone uh you know the gursky may just look like a snapshot i could have taken <laughs> that but when you see the print yeah uh, it takes your breath away yeah, uh, yeah. a because of scale or you know something else which you know i've been using a gold leaf printing on glass on the back of of glass and then so the emulsion is on the back of the glass the yeah. glass uh the print has no white at all so there's no white in the in the print and it's replaced by hand gold leafing which i do and the you know the result is a combination of sort of analog and digital uh, and it looks like some kind of precious little daguerreotype. Um, those relationships between analog and digital, um, they tend to fall by the wayside when it comes to how we experience a print. Now, the good news for photo printing is you don't need all that chemistry in your dark room. Um, you Fair don't enough. need an yeah. offset printer or before a Gestetner machine <laughs> or any, any kind of like weird, you know, halftone, you know, you don't have to go to you print at the corner to print, you know, a hundred copies of a, you know, card. Yeah, halftone no. is now a special effect you can apply to your digital photographs yeah. to print out. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, but I mean, if I would like to see a printer, and I, I would like to see a printer that had a AI component which uh, would translate voice to the printer. 
So I'd say I'm using this ink, I'm using this paper, uh, I'm looking at it on this screen, uh, make me a proof of this. Mm, I'd like it a little bit uh, denser in the medium tones, a little less in the highlights, and it would understand that. And I'm not talking about the computer, I'm talking about the actual printer. Yeah. Because okay. the computer is showing me a screen of an image, and then my head, even if I'm doing self-proofing, which is an emulation, I, it's still a different uh, surprise when I get it out of the printer. Maybe close, may exceed my expectation or not fulfill them, but I do ma manage a couple of little tweaks to get it to where it is a reproducible. So having that kind of relationship where I could actually talk, interpret, and have that go. Of course, printing speed, I don't care that much because I do fine art printing. So it's it doesn't matter to me if something takes, it's like some of my prints take maybe 10 minutes, yeah, maybe 15 to run through, you know, very, very slowly. Um, but yeah, it'd be great if, if, if it did it very, very quickly with the same kind of quality. Um, but that kind of future is really uh, what I look forward in print technology. I think that would be really exciting. Uh, yeah, that would, yeah, okay. That's that's really interesting. I hadn't really thought of it like that. I guess because I'm looking at this is whatever printer Emma decides to buy is going to probably be a step up for me in terms of what I can print at home anyway. So, yeah, so I I, I would just be looking forward to playing with that. And, and seeing seeing what I can do with it. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. Ta have you ever taken one of your, you know, your favorite image, image, one of your favorite images, and gone to a professional printer in London, you know, high-end art printer, just have them make a print. They'll show you different papers and whatnot. And then bring it home and try and get there ah, interesting uh no i haven't um i have used some pretty decent print shops to print off various different images over the years and sometimes i print the same image on more than one medium uh just to see which i prefer so i mean i often yeah would think i might look at things and say do you know what that might that might go well on a, a sort of metallicized paper mm -hmm. that one is definitely a matte one yeah and so so often i'll just order the one but yeah usually a range of different papers and things like that when i do that i've never tried to match that at home on my own printer i've never had a very good printer you see so well, it's what i'm uh, suggesting is yeah. if you get a printer that mm. is pretty good can you by adjusting your you know combination of screen ink paper and printer to get it close to what a professional would deliver. Um, you probably should be able to in theory. In theory, yes. And it, but it would be a really fun uh, experience, a uh, nice learning curve. It may just be right off the bat. Wow, it's pretty great. Why did I go spend 25 <laughs> quid on a, on a print? Yeah, well, there is that. Could have yeah, done yeah. it at home. But, but, but you'd be then... Um, I think you would learn from the experience. Oh, sure, I would. Also, yeah, 
And you would query the printer because, you know, these fine art printers, uh, they like nothing more than to talk shop. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. um, Yeah. I mean, I do, I do print out on, on the, the, the consumer grade photo printer that we have. um, And I I do print my images and so, yeah, um, and play around with that. And of course, yeah, one of the things I do like is the ability to, to run multiple prints of the same image, you know, just sitting there of of an evening, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to you know play with printing this image or this set of three images that I've, you know, that I, I'd like to to get a decent set of th- of these three uh, because I feel that I know there's a mini story in the three images or whatever it might be, right? Um, the yeah, and so that bit is fun. I don't do it as often as I'd like to, but that that bit is is fun. And and you know, having a higher quality printer around the house would definitely mean I could do more of that, and it would be able to print bigger as well, so I could experiment with the size of the prints as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, hmm, interesting stuff interesting thank you very much lots to think about there and and so picks let's do our picks let's do our picks well why don't you tell us so you've sent us uh, a pick of the week about street photography yes this is obviously uh because we're doing audio this week um i encourage everybody to follow uh the link in the show notes and and look at um an amazing uh just just an amazing photographer, uh, you know, Theo Nikus. Um, I'm very enamored with great street photography. Um, and there's a, just a, it's a great lens culture article, feature article on what's going on in street photography right now. Um, and it's just mind-blowingly great. It's the kind of photography that I'm very drawn to. I don't do it near enough. Uh, of just heading out and seeing what I can capture, but it's extremely uh, inspiring um, and has in, inspired some of my new work, which I have not put out yet. But um, I'm 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 always so inspired by the kind of random moments that are framed in a considered way to provoke so much more than just the image itself. It just I, I, I can't describe how great street photography works on the emotion, but I'm I'm always smitten. It's very different than looking at a beautiful landscape where you see, ah, the mountain and the cloud. And it, there's a formalism that, you know, it captivates the mind, the body. You, you, it, it's just a pleasant kind of experience. When you look at a great, image from street photography, there's a visceral quality of understanding or experiencing the world around it outside of the frame. Um, that, uh, I'm, that one of the things I'm liking from this set in, in the article that you've linked is, is a lot of them have a, a, a great deal of movement in them. Um, and I think because I, I find... I mean, yeah, I love the the democratization of, of photography, but there are a lot of people now who who do a lot of street photography, and yeah, you know, um, it might there's a there's a great field, if you like, or genre of street photography, which is to capture very interesting moments, right? And that's great, and I love that, but I also like the the more considered 
what kind of image am I going to produce as I capture these moments? And that, and this article that you've linked has things like things like the use of slow shutter speeds, right? You know, to, to add in, you know, to add movement and things like that that are in in this collection. And that's something I use myself. I quite often find myself deliberately shooting at a fifteenth or a thirtieth when I'm around London these days, you know, to capture because part of what I want to capture is. Is what the place feels like. What yes, it's not what it just feels the thing. Like. What, yeah, right. I want to take a photo of what the place feels like to be in. And you know, London, as you yourself well know, is quite a busy place, right? It feels busy. <laughs> it feels it feels like it's full of movement. It feels you know dirty and smelly, right? Because it, 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 it is, right? And <laughs> and and that's. Um, yeah, that that's amazing. Not every city is like that. I mean, having recently travelled to several Canadian cities, you know, um, Calgary, Vancouver, much less of a sense of move, sense of movement on the streets. Toronto is the only Canadian city I went to that had anywhere near the street level energy. Yeah, the sidewalk, the sidewalk Montreal. level energy. Of, I would say um, Montreal is really. I, I, I've been to Montreal. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, but it's but, more European. It, it would be more familiar. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and part of that is is that in Canada the city, yeah, the streets are five lanes wide, right? Whereas in London they're like wiggly little lanes, right? So everybody's got to squeeze into smaller places. But it's, uh, but yeah, so so I love this collection because because of the movement that's in the photos and and things like that. It 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 has a, a an energy to it rather you know rather than a snapshot in the moment kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to. Well, we're not doing. I wanted to show you this. <laughs> well, uh, let me. Well, if you're calling up something else, let me let me sort of talk about my pick of the week first. Then okay. we're calling it up. Sure. So, so I have a link here, um, which is the 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 social and memory and and you know personal side of photography. Um, it's a link uh, to an article on the BBC News website. And the title is called uh, of the of the article is "Refugee Women's Personal Photos on Show," and they've spoken to uh, a number of refugees from various parts of the world. Um, who I, I won't try and summarise all their stories in one go because that'd be incredibly unfair, a very crass thing to do. Uh, but a common theme is that actually the thing that ties them back to where they came from is the photographs and the photographs they brought with them so that they can show their children and their grandchildren their heritage. And it's the photographs in some cases are the only thing that they've got. So that was quite a moving story. Uh, of the power of photography and and the impact it can have on people's lives and and things like that. So yeah, I'd encourage again again everybody to to go read that and just not just look at it because it's not it's not something you look at because the pictures are going to be meaningful to you or I. It's something you you look at and you think about and you reflect on what it means to those people and the, and the role that photography plays in the world and in people's lives. So that that's yeah. my that's my pick of the week. And would you wouldn't you say that photography has a very different impact than video that we tend to watch on TV or screens? Uh, yes, I would, and it goes two ways for me. So, in terms of, I guess nostalgia, uh, I think a photograph is possibly more powerful 
right? And in terms of, you know, uh, it, say actually saying something, I think a photograph is more powerful than a video. So you can say this was a point in time in my life when I was uh, one of the ladies in this article um, uh, was originally from Ethiopia and has had to move through several countries. But she was a, a shop owner in Ethiopia and there's a picture of her in her store. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that tells that that in one image tells a story about a different time of life, a different way of living, and and something about who that lady is. So I think f- photography is is much better in some ways, and and yet, and yet, uh, a, a ten second video, right, or fifteen second video uh, of something that we did a few years ago as a family can really bring back the memory in a much more detailed way. Yeah, wait till so, we get those Apple goggles. The Apple goggles, oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not lining up to put screens in front of my eyes. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm not, a, lot, a large part of my life is trying to spend less time in front of screens. So, so the, the, the concept of that Apple product really doesn't do anything for me. Um, but the... I think the you know so, so my answer to your question is kind of a bit of bit of both worlds, right? Because yeah. in some ways, a, 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 it's a different. Fo- a photograph ex- is more evocative, but a but a a video can bring back more detail. Did uh, M- M- Marshall McLuhan say that one is a hot medium and one is a cool medium? Oh, I've not heard. I've not heard that. A cool medium is is a move, uh, a medium that engages um, intellectually rather than emotionally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's it. I don't know. That's that's an interesting idea. That's an interesting concept, actually. Yeah, I I think that's uh, that that resonates with me. I can understand. He was referring to print uh, uh, versus video for example yeah, in print oh, yeah because yeah. we're mm-hmm. we're very engaged we fill in the blanks that means it it fires off a lot more synapses and engages our yeah. brain or our thought processes um yeah for nostalgia purposes there's nothing better than a faded six by four glossy is there right but no it's so. beautiful <laughs> sure it's what i always say is that that there is something about about looking at an old photo it doesn't yes. even matter what. That is really a, a, an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. If we stop and just try to be uh, self-aware of what we're feeling and how we're feeling about it. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, there we go then. Thank you. That's a really, really very useful and a fun and interesting conversation as well. I hope hope the listeners get something out of it. Um, yeah, especially Check the-, the show notes. I think uh, that will kind of uh, help round out what it is we've been chatting about to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it'd be interesting. Also, I want to know what do our listeners want in I've, terms of a printer of the future? Oh, I, oh that's a good point. I, yes. Um, and just, the present. And right the here. present. Yeah. So be very keen to hear on our Discord uh, yeah, what people are printing with right now. Um, very keen to. Yeah, I like your question, Jeremiah. What do you think of want of a printer of the future? Because I, I, I need to take that one away and give it some thought because I have no idea how to answer that question right now. I don't either, except what I was talking about before is just a printer I can talk to that will make these adjustments. Yeah. I can make them, but it's 
yes interesting 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 cool all right well thank you very much folks uh we will be back soon next week i think um and uh thank you for listening to the future of photography goodbye been listening to the future of photography subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com <laughs>